You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Welcome to another episode of Half Hour with Jeff and Richie, the podcast where we deeply dive into the shows that we see. This week we are discussing the new Broadway musical, Gutenberg the Musical. Are you ready to hear our thoughts about Josh Gad and Andrew Reynolds taking the stage together again? Join us for the next 30 minutes. I'm Richie, a theater director and producer. And I'm Jeff, a music industry producer and manager. Let's explore Gutenberg the Musical. Half hour! Welcome to today's show, everyone. Before we get started, we always like to let our listeners know there will be spoilers in our discussion about this show in this episode. So if you still want to see it first, that's okay. Go check it out and then come back and listen to this episode. You have been warned, as I always like Ta-da. to say. <laughs> that being said, here is the overview of today's show. Gutenberg the Musical, starring Andrew Rannells and Josh Gad. It's about two friends, Bud and Doug, who are developing a musical about Johann Gutenberg, the printing press inventor who created created the Gutenberg Bible in 1455, one of the earliest books to be printed using movable type. The musical is filled with historical inaccuracies, but Bud and Doug (laughs) are extremely passionate about their passion project. Watch the hilarity unfold as the duo presents their work in progress to Broadway producers. The Gutenberg the Musical is playing at the James Earl Jones Theater on Broadway in New York City. It's part of their um, Broadway season. Yep. And it is playing till the end of January. So y'all, it is a limited run. Make sure you go check this out if you want to see it. The opening night was October 12th. And this production has book, music, and lyrics by Scott Brown and Anthony King, directed by Alex Timbers. So based on our on-the-street chats, I think (laughs) y'all might be getting a battle of opinion with this because I think Jeff and I, we've saved a lot of our chats to today. I think we might have some different opinions on this, but that's okay. So Jeff, tell us your overview thoughts on Gutenberg the Musical on Broadway. Go. It's definitely okay because I don't change my opinion when someone else has a different opinion than me. Great. I am stubborn. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's, let's go here. I... Listen, I had a fun time at this musical. Perfect musical? No. Fun musical? Yes. And I think what Josh Gad and Andrew Reynolds are doing up on that stage is very demanding and fun. And as always, I think they have great chemistry together. Uh, I thought that there were some fun things going on in the direction. You know me, I love me some Alex Timbers. I thought there were some interesting things with the set. And then the music was something. So let's see. I Listen, I kind of sit on the fence. Was it the greatest thing I've ever seen? No, but I had fun. You know, and I was like, and I think there's a heart here. And I'll get more into that after Richie gives his little spiel on the here, show. Here's my overview. <laughs> I agree with actually a lot of what you said, um, except I think I, listen, the best part is Josh and Andrew. Let's start there. Those two yeah. are comedy golds. They were great in Mormon. They're great now. I think we'll be seeing them more. I really do. I think we will. Because there is clearly, with the way the ticket sales are, I don't think people are going to see that because, oh, it's Gutenberg. I think they're going to see it because it's Josh and Andrew. They have a fan base, they have a following, and they're mm -hmm. very well respected, and they are truly the best part of the show. Uh, And it's perfect casting. Perfect casting. Is this my favorite Alex Timbers show? No. I thought he did a fine job directing it for what he was given, and we'll talk about what he was given. 
in a second. Yeah. Uh, I've seen better Alex Timbers direction though, but he's great. And I don't think it was the worst. I've seen much worse direction on Broadway than that. Uh, to me, the weakness falls in the writing of this show. The book, music, and lyrics of Gutenberg, the show, and then the show within the show, to me, were a little weak, I'm going to be honest. Uh, and here's why. I'm the first person who will line up for parody musicals. I love them. Give me Mel Brooks a million times over. Give me <laughs> Spamalot. Give me the mockery. I love it. Even Book of Mormon, parodying musical theater. Get, and and when you listen to some of the songs in Mormon, when you listen to some of the songs in Young Frankenstein and the producers and Spamalot, you say, oh, that's a good song. Even something rotten. Oh, the music's good. Oh, I like that. I'm listening, though, to the music in Gutenberg, and I'm saying to myself, I don't like this. I, and And what's making it up for me is, oh, Josh and Andrew are up there working their magic with it. And that is, unfortunately a little bit of a masking of maybe some simplicity in, and I get it. Like these, they're, they're playing these two guys from New Jersey who wrote this show and they just love musical theater, but you still have to give me something better to work okay. with. If it's wait, let me say the last thing. If it's for two and a half hours, if this was a 90 minute in and out, I could put up with the book music. And we were there with a full intermission for two and a half hours, Jeff. And I was like, this is a long time to be listening to parody writing that I don't think the substance uh, subject matter is that great. Right. Okay. Well, first, let me stop you there. I actually think the story is good. Like the potential for this story to be really good is there. I like it. This is what many theater people kind of do as like, hey, I want to get into theater. How do I do it? This is that story. You know, that's where I think that there's a little heart. Was it groundbreaking hilarious? No, I wanted to be laughing on the floor funny. And I think what your biggest issue is that you're having with this show is the structure of it. And where a show like The Producers has the proper structure of like, let me give you the back end of The Producers and write really good music there and then give you the show within the show and also write really good music there. That's what was lacking in Gutenberg. They didn't give you enough of like the what's going on in the staged musical part outside of the show within the show. And mm -hmm. I think they just tried to get away with having bad music in the show, but they never gave you those like really good songs outside of the show within the show. Does that I make sense? I totally hear you. And I'm on the same okay. page with you. Also, when we're like in... I Here's what I loved. Hey, we're at the the the, uh, the James Earl Jones Theater, and like we spent all our money to rent this space out for the night. Like I love that. And then like we got this wedding band from Jersey here. Like that whole thing was cool. But then it was like, why are we not seeing the real back wall of the theater? It was like right. clear to me because I see enough theater and you see enough theater. It was clearly a set. And I'm like, why? They could have just did this bare stage. And then at the last five minutes, which I loved the – that was Alex Timber's magic. That was uh, Scott Pass scenic design magic was this like the town. They turned around and there was the town for like 30 seconds. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. And I did really like that. But it was – Way too late in the show. We should have seen it a little more. They clearly had a budget because they spent so much money on a set that was literally seen for maybe 25 seconds. So, okay, but whatever. That's neither here nor there. Um, okay, but, so I feel like this conversation can go a little differently then. I feel like if you look at the material, let's go with some of the things on what would you have done differently. 
Okay, yes, love that. Okay. Um, I'm going to start with this. I love the setup. Like, tell us what we're doing. Speak, speak us through the pitch, quote unquote, of Gutenberg. And actually, maybe a lot of people don't even know who Gutenberg is. We actually learn about him in American, most American history class, or just European world history classes, I should say, about the printing press. So, or you know what? In, or in Spaceship Earth. <laughs> Disney, yes. <laughs> but I think there's also this like setting of we don't know a ton about Alexander Hamilton. So, like, why don't we also do the Gutenberg show? Like, because I understand, listen, I'm not. I'm not dumb. I know what we're doing here. We're parodying what like these bio musicals are. Right. And it's like, mm-hmm. gotta be set in this German town. And like the evil villain, like a uh, religious leader doesn't like that. They're going to print the Bible. I get it. Right. Like I totally get it. Um, here's where I was really disappointed. I'm okay. going to tell you something where I was really disappointed, which a lot of people listening may not agree with me, but okay. let me finish. And then I'm totally want to hear what you thought of this <laughs> in theory. In a small black box house off Broadway, the hats thousand percent work. A thousand percent. You're in the round, you're in the proscenium, you're in the three-quarter thrust, doesn't matter, it works. When you're in a large commercial Broadway house, now we were in the mezzanine, but we were front row mezzanine. Mm -hmm. I wasn't even in the back mez or in the balcony above. We were over to the side, but that doesn't even matter as much as the depth perspective from the theater. I, the second they turned their heads to profile, I couldn't read the hat. And there, and I've heard this from a few people. If it said like butcher, I only saw the chur or the buh. And I would be like, it took me. And by the time I was like, oh, it's, it wasn't a vision thing. I could see, I could read the hat. I only saw the half of it. And when by the time I knew that was the butcher, they were 20 seconds into the joke and the song already. And I was like, oh, this is the butcher. Like, And then I was like, oh, it frustrated me because I know how hard they're working to get those hats revolving. Like, I get it. Like, it's such a cool concept. And it's so smart from a director's perspective and from an acting perspective. But you can't give me 47 million hats up there and expect me to be able to read, especially when some were like, very small lettering across the wide brim of that. It wasn't like it was like, uh, you know, cat, C-A-T. Okay. It was like some longer words. And I was like, oh gosh. And to me, that really fell flat in a proscenium house. I'm going to be honest. I And then as I'm Yeah, in, that's fine. But okay. I'm but gonna, wait, let me just say one more thing. I, don't put me through two and a half hours of it. That's what I'm trying to say. It was two and a half hours of that. And I was like, oh, I'm I'm lost now. I think I'm half checked out. I was <laughs> half checked. I will be honest, by about uh, 25 minutes into act two, I was starting to check out, if you want me to be honest. And what got me back in at the end was the producer walking on stage, which we'll talk about, and then that set reveal. That got me back in. We'll be right back. Welcome back. But I was checking out. I'm sorry. I was. That's just I know. me. Okay. That's so now fine. I want to hear your thoughts. Now, now no, I'm, now I'm it's, not about my, it's not about my thoughts. I want to know what you would have done differently with well, that, though. Okay. I, okay. Wait. I can tell you. Okay. If you have the budget to do this major set reveal, and I know the show is in the show, the Bud and, um, Bud and Doug, they didn't have the budget. I get that, right? But- 
I've seen really farcical, silly. We saw this in Dracula. We've seen this in some of the things we've seen. Throw a wig on, throw a gown on, take the jacket off. There is a lot of comedy in that. If we knew the butcher wore an apron, throw me the apron on and then throw the apron off instead of me having to remember for the fourth time, oh, you're the butcher. But I get it, right? It was like, we only had budget for these hats. I get it. It just didn't read. And I would have thrown things on and off. Like we were in a farcical, uh, noises off style, sketch, SNL style comedy. That's what I would have done. That's what I would have done. Okay, fine. That's what I would have done. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll say it for a fourth time. That's what I would have done. <laughs> Woo! Now okay. you go. I feel like, yes, I hear you, whatever. I feel like you have to look at the actual text of this show. Okay. So we're looking at this. It's either what? Is it a reading? It's like let's, a. Let's first a, classify it a, a workshop. Pitch. A pitch workshop reading. I guess. It's not really a, quite a reading because they didn't have scripts in their hands. And a stage reading? It was a pitch. It was a, a reading, a workshop pitch. Let's call it that. Sure. Okay. Whatever you want to call I, it. I'm just curious. As like theater people, like what do we want to call this? Like, Because do we actually see anything like this on a stage ever? Not really. And that where, was like, where the funny parts of where, it were like, like... the writers are like actually doing it because they can't afford actors? No. Oh, no. And that's what's funny about it, right? But in the <laughs> real world, if let's say writers really had to do that, they would go rent out a studio down the street and do this, not the James Earl Jones Theater. That's what's funny. And that's what I really liked about the comedy. Right. So uh, already there, it has the perfect setup to be funny. Okay. And also I was reading Alex Timber staged the off-Broadway production. Of okay, this. cool, cool. Back in, what was it, 2009? Way back, yeah. Except, mm-hmm. yeah uh, far away. <laughs> um, so now he's doing it again, obviously. So I just feel like here's where I would have went big on this because I think it needed a theater treatment and it needed a little bit of like a book doctor here because they definitely added more to this show to make it this two-act show. But... If you look at the show, I get the whole hat thing. I, It's fine, but I'm with you on this. Like, it got old very quickly. Like, it didn't build to anything. And looking at that, that's where I'm a little bit like, hmm, I kind of feel like I would have rathered an imaginary treatment in the show. So Bud and Doug are narrating the show, and it's imaginative theater happening and we get a full production happening. So when any time they're putting the scene on, those walls break away and the actual scene is going but, on. Okay, couldn't you compare that to like the drowsy chaperone when the man's narrating in his living yeah. room and then the show comes to life and then we're back in his living room again and it's from his perspective? Also, what could have been – why couldn't we end Act 1 with like – the producer came up at the end of act one. Wait, you love our idea so far? We'll be right back in 15 minutes, everyone, because the producer's good. And then now act two is like a year later. And now we're like trying to do the show in, right? The hot thing was too much. It, and with the trend of 90 minute no intermission shows, why on earth couldn't this have still been that? And I usually right. don't say that. Sometimes I'm like, all right, I kind of like a two hour show. But there was something about this. I was like, no, this is really too long. For what we're tr- for the comedy style that it is, yeah, I like the mockery of it. I think like it has its moments, and that's all fine. But I think this is the bigger question that we kind of talk about, and it's like, 
what's off Broadway and is it off Broadway for a reason and should it be coming to Broadway? And I think where like, I really liked this show is the heart that it does have, because I think this is for the underdog, this show. And I think it's there for us to kind of see and say, wow, yeah, it's funny to watch this, but like, we've all been there. We've all struggled when you're, you're low on budget and you need to get something on stage because, you know, you actually want someone to believe in you. I feel like we all know that, like as being industry people. So that's fine. I just feel like when you're getting to Broadway, though, now elevate your show to Broadway status. Don't just take the off-Broadway production here and say, okay, this is now what it's going to be on Broadway. And I'll go back to what you said earlier. Yes, bringing in Josh Gad and Andrew Reynolds here maybe is masking for something else. Because if it was two random Broadway people up there, I don't know if it would be having the success that it's having. And I don't, and we don't really know, you know, there's always a rumor. I always hear rumors that the producers might come back to Broadway someday. It's like the most Tony winning show in the history of Broadway. I don't know if this is the time to bring that back, I mean, but they're the perfect duo. They're the, but this was like the new, I don't want to compare them to Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick, but this is the new kind of comedy duo ish, maybe for the modern day, who knows. Right. But it was nice to bring them back and test the waters with an audience. Sure. Uh, I just think that there could have been other ways to do it and it's not bad. I didn't hate it. I didn't walk out. I did laugh. There were some really funny moments. Um, it just, you know, and, and, and let's also talk about this element. Other than the ending, I did really like the ending. And Jeff, when you say it had a heart, I did have a heart. You felt yeah. for those two guys, you know. But I will say the surprise guest producer coming up on stage at the end saying, I love it. I'm going to make it to Broadway. Let's bring it to Broadway. Our guest, for all for those of y'all who were wondering who our guest was, was Richard Kind, who is amazing. And just I'm sure you've all seen him or heard him in something animated. Well, yeah, or- as soon as you, he opens his mouth, I, I, it was like, Richie, Richard Kind is here. Yeah. Is, this, is he part of the show? <laughs> and they keep bringing special people up. And I love that. That adds to the fun improv style, SNL style feel of it. And all they got to do is put the hat on and say two lines at the end and walk off stage with them. I love that. And listen. And he's like, what? I love it. <laughs> yeah. And like, listen, why? I'm not going to put down something that's financially successful. Broadway needs things like this. We need people back in seats on Broadway shows. And it's a limited run. And people are going to go this holiday season and see it, of course, you know. But there was just a part of me that was like, I don't know. I just think I would have done things a little differently. And I can't say it was rushed because it was off-Broadway like over 10 years ago. So it's not like it was off-Broadway yesterday and they rushed it. I don't know. It just, it seemed like uh, it, it well, could have been done slightly definitely, uh, let's, let's like be the elephant in the room here. It's like we're definitely looking at this from the theater lens. And, you know, I'll bring up something here. And maybe this could be like a little short little mini topic in this episode. And... When we did our Back to the Future episode, we got a lot of pushback from people saying, oh, you guys are Broadway elitist, and oh, you this show's not for you, and oh, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, first of all, the show's not for us. It's Broadway, so I think the for show, everyone. it's for everyone. And I know we always say at the end of the show, like, who's the show for? Like, who will actually like it and enjoy it? But the show is for everyone. And, and it's things like that. And I don't want to get this rap here, like just because we're critiquing this in a, a in a silly way, um, not silly, but from an, a, a theater way that this show is not for us, because I think that this show really is for us. Yeah. But we're just we're just critiquing it a little bit more because we think like 
sometimes I feel like we expect more. And especially for a show that's like about Broadway people, like we want more. Mm. We don't want mm. it just to be on a surface level. Tell me because like, I think there are many people that are going to see this show that have no idea what it's like to actually create something from the ground up. Sure. And they might not realize how hard it actually is. We'll be right back. Let's jump back into things. And, and that's when you why see when I... something, when you see something like this, though, it might make it look like, hey, actually, it's kind of easy because it's not. And that's why I said what I said at the beginning of Back to the Future, and I'll say a quick short version of that here now. Of course we understand the extreme hard work that Alex Timmers, the writers, these actors put into this. It's very hard work. And that's why we're sitting here respectfully saying, I would have done this differently. I would have done that. But I don't sit here and say, I hate it. Don't go. Go. I I had a fun I did really laugh. It's creative. I just thought there was a few things that didn't quite work the way maybe I would have done it differently. And maybe... Some And guess what? Some people sitting in that audience, they just had a good time. They laughed. They had fun. You learn who Gutenberg is. And that's fine. We're just sitting here saying, how could we have done it differently? Maybe what is is this? And like you said, is this for everyone on Broadway? Yes. I think everything on Broadway is for everyone. So it's sometimes yeah. hard to answer, like, who is this for? This is for the Josh Gad, Andrew Rannells fans. This is for the New Works fans. This is for a Broadway fan. I have friends that are like, should I go see it? I'm like, go see it. Because if you like Broadway, it's fun. I'm just sitting here saying I would have done this differently. I would have done that differently. I didn't really enjoy that, but oh, I yeah, enjoyed no. that. I, we're critiquing the show on a deeper sure, level. That's what sure. this whole podcast is about. And like, that's what we like doing with people in general is like, cause we have some people that say they love the show, but then they'll actually like talk about us behind the scenes and say their real feelings. Because I don't know, we kind of live in the society of like, <laughs> you can't speak your actual feelings on Broadway. And, um, I don't mind doing that. You well, know? We, don't sugar, think- we don't sugarcoat things. We don't lie. If I don't like something, right. But at the same time, I also do appreciate this art form so much that I, I want all of the shows to be successful. I want all 41 Broadway houses full at all times of people, of course, who wouldn't, you know, right. But and not everything things- works all the time for everyone. No. And there's definitely things that's like, when you do hear it, you're like, oh, okay, great. You know what? And I love the passion that Josh and Andrew are bringing to this role. And luckily, actually, fun fact here and fun little story here. I went to a Kelly Clarkson show taping and Josh and Andrew were the guests. And it was really great to see their chemistry off the stage too. But part of me was like, oh, these two are just like best friends. And it's so great to see them working together. But I think that they truly resonate with these two characters and the way they talk about them is great you know i think we're just more talking here about the material that is actually like being put up on the stage and i feel like there was so much potential for the material to be elevated and i've heard look at schmigadoon i love some of the music in that that is mockery and silliness but it's fun well-written. I think I've seen plenty of mock you style shows where the music spam a lot. I love, I can't wait to see that. I, I really like that music. Um, I, I, you know, producers, I, uh, you know, as uh, you, I'm not saying, you know, and, and oh, here's another thing, Jeff, I'll ask you, 
should this should the Gutenberg should they have had? I know they were like, well, we can only get this wedding band from New Jersey, you know, but it was only three people. Should it have been a ten piece band? You know, I don't know. But it was Maybe supposed that... to be done in the style of like yeah, pitching, pitching. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll ask you this: Where um, do we see more shows like Gutenberg, the Maku style? You know, even something like Titanic off Broadway is Maku style. Um, do you see more of that? And then to to piggyback off that question for you, do you see more of Josh and Andrew on the stage? What are your I thoughts? I definitely think we're going to see more of Josh and Andrew. We'll always see mockumentary style things or parody things happening on stage um and we're gonna keep seeing more off-broadway transfer to broadway was there another question that you had in there i had, no i had just said do you also think josh and andrew will see them more on the stage together we're gonna see yeah. them again yeah i mean i'm pretty sure like if we haven't said it once we've said it like 10 times like we know we're going to get a producer's revival and they're going to play the role. I hope. Oh, I hope. I do like the producers. It, it depends would be on such timing. a missed opportunity if they don't play the roles. And it's tough because uh, we'll see, you know, they also do film. They do a lot with Disney. They do a lot. So we'll have to see what their schedules. And, and I, as I said earlier in the beginning, this does play to the end of January. It's not early January. It goes go to the end of January. So people can go check this out if they want. And listen, if you're curious, if you've listened to this and you're like, <laughs> I kind of still want to go, go, you're going to, I did laugh out loud a few times i was like this these two are working man i i, I really liked it so <laughs> totally 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 but yeah. oh, oh my gosh wow. wow we're always talking and talking and things of time is just flying by all right let's do a ra- recap wrap up okay, Jeff. Okay, give okay. us your final thoughts for a minute here let's do it <laughs> again i'll say what i said earlier on i think the show has a heart i think there is some good material there it's not the most perfect show that i've seen but if you do love Josh Gad and you do love Andrew Reynolds and you want a fun night musical, um, definitely go check it out. That's who the show is for. Totally. I would say it's Josh Gad and Andrew Reynolds at their finest. Go for them. Alex Timbers has some nice moments. Uh, and, and, and the set design, Scott Pask. That's great. Oh, and we don't always say that. So, I did like this set design. Yes, I did like this. I'm going to always say when I like something and I did like I that. I know. And we don't always say that. So that's saying yeah. a lot. <laughs> and I will say I maybe would have directed this differently. I wasn't a huge fan of the music and the songs, but it was fun. I did have a good time. It's, it was, And it was a little long. Be prepared to sit. Th- you know, there is an intermission. It's a full length show. Um, but go have fun if you're looking to have fun with it. It was nice. It was a nice night at the theater. And hey, you, learn, you also kind of learn a little bit, kind of, about Gutenberg. <laughs> I mean, a little bit. I know there's a lot of... I don't know if that's accurate. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you learn about that the, the printing press was, you know, in the time. Who knows? It was obviously all done in Paris. I would have to really look to see if he uh, turned a winemaking machine yeah, into well, a printing I don't, press. So, I, you know what I mean. But <laughs> you know, don't leave there going around saying... Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know? Right. Uh, well, that does wrap up our discussion of this episode today. We hope you enjoyed our deep dive into Gutenberg the Musical. And don't forget, we want to hear from you. Continue the conversation with us on Instagram and TikTok at Half Hour Podcast. Let us know your thoughts on Gutenberg the Musical and any other Broadway or off-Broadway show you would like us to discuss. If you enjoyed our show, please leave us a review. Your feedback helps us bring more Broadway to you. And remember, you can listen to our past episodes and stay tuned for upcoming ones. You know, we're just 
starting this fall season here. We got a few more shows coming this fall, some revivals, some new works, and then we got a lot coming in the winter and spring, y'all. So get ready. It's all on its way. You're saying we're just starting, but we're kind of halfway through. Well, we're kind of halfway through. I feel like it all comes from like February, March to like April, May. It really snowballs. Well, halfway through the fall season. So well, yeah, for fall. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. For sure. Which so, we have a recap episode coming out. So yeah, exactly. Check that out after Yeah, get, get our quick thoughts on everything. All so, right. So that's all for today. Yeah. Until next time, I'm Jeff. And I'm Richie saying ta-ta. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.